0: That's right, chumbacasino.com has over hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No by law Eighteen plus and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Seeking Witchcraft. It's me your host, Ashley, and today I have on a special guest, Alex, and we are going to be talking about ritual structure and confidence. So Alex, would you like to introduce yourself?
0: Hi everyone. My name is Alex. Background on me, well, my witchcraft background, I'm a trained high priest and Celtic traditionalist Gwythenade. For those who are in the know of all the trads in America that is considered Welsh trad or a line of Welsh trad, Um, I'm also a trained gardenerian as well. (laughs) Shocker! I know. That's how we know each other. Oh, shocking no one. Yes. (laughs) But I have dual training um, of both worlds. So, yeah pretty much it. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about ritual confidence. Do you have ritual confidence?
1: I mean, I I better have ritual confidence. I run a group. (laughs) Oh, some people don't
0: have it. It's hard.
1: It's a skill for sure.
0: It's definitely a skill and one that I think is very important to anyone practicing any kind of witchcraft. Because when you're doing ritual, if you aren't confident in what you're doing, why will the spirits listen to you? Oh,
1: that's a good point.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that it's important to have and it's not something that's inherent to everyone. Some people have confidence and some people don't, whether or not in life or in ritual, like those are things that you have to build up and it's a tool that you have to use. It's a muscle. Yeah.
1: Yes. So what would you define as ritual confidence? I guess we should start there.
0: I don't know. Like for me, ritual confidence is... You always know you're confident in something when you know how to do it and you do it right and you don't have to second guess yourself about it. You just do it and you're not concerned about, oh, how do I look or how I feel? Like you just do it. You're confident. Like you're confident to know that you're going to walk to the bathroom and use the bathroom. Like that you know how to do that. That's a way of phrasing it for sure. (laughs) Yes, I mean keeping it very simple. Like you know that you could do that. That's how I know. Like ritual confidence is like you go into ritual and you just know what you're doing. But people starting into this, don't have that they don't like you you start and you kind of feel like a fool like you're doing these things you're doing these ritual gestures and you're calling out to some spirit or deity in like the abyss and you don't you expect them to like fully form and then when it doesn't happen you feel like a fool and you're like okay what the hell am I doing so you kind of have to like put yourself in a mindset of like okay I know I look like a fool but I'm gonna do this
1: yeah so, I mean, you, you've you mentioned you're into different trads. Would you say that your ritual confidence skills have carried over from one trad to another? Did you find issues with, you know, you had all this confidence because you knew how, like, the ritual backbone for one tradition and you get to another tradition? Did you find it easier to assimilate or get that skill? Or was it.
0: I definitely had that coming into being a gardenarian. I had ritualed many times before, um, ritualing, like, part of being the leader of the ritual. And. I definitely, that definitely carried over. Um, But prior to that, me coming into any kind of coven or tradition, I did not have that. Every time I would have ritual, it would be clunky and like, you know, people's like, oh, I do things off the cuff. Uh, But for me, I mean, me as a person, like I want to know what's going to happen. I want to know what I'm getting into and having an outline of the ritual and knowing what I'm going to say beforehand puts me in the right mindset of what I'm going to do. I think most people, if they're going to do ritual and you've never done ritual before, that will help you out a lot with your confidence. Um, people that do things off the cuff tend to have had ritual experience prior to, because they kind of know how everything goes and they kind of could just do things off the cuff because they know the flow of the is right supposed to be and what they're supposed to be calling.
1: Yeah, for but, sure. Mm. So I guess we should ask, like, how should you build ritual confidence? Like, Maybe we should talk about some of the steps you can take to mm-hmm. do this. and. I think one of the the most basic ones is just practicing ritual as often as you can, Mm -hmm. uh, both with yourself and with others if possible. Um, Sometimes it's easier to cast a circle in your room when you're by yourself and no one's watching, but when suddenly there's another person there or a group of people, and no matter how long you've known them or so, it could be a little different.
0: Definitely. I mean, if you want to start off, doing it by yourself is like the best option because you're by yourself. You could make all the mistakes you want, Um, There's no one there to gawk at you or laugh at you, only to yourself. But if you can laugh at yourself and take it further and take it seriously, that's literally half the battle. Um, Then when you start inviting people into what you're doing and you have onlookers, you just have to be aware that some people are just not going to like what you're serving them. And that's okay. You just have to know that you're doing this and you're going to do it well. And if you have that in your mind, I mean, it sounds easy and simple, But when you have that in your mind, like everything else just falls away when you're doing ritual. I think that introducing new people into the mix, you're kind of exposed and you're kind of vulnerable and that's hard for people to do. But again, like we're talking like in a general aspect, you don't really have to do that. You could just be doing this on your own and it's not for like the public consumption. Um,
1: It's kind of like singing in the shower.
0: Pretty much. Like,
1: you sing in the shower, nobody hears you. I mean, they might, but they might not say anything. But, like, generally, that's a pretty sacred, private time. People sing in the shower all the time, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm the best singer ever. Uh, But then, you know, if you invite your, your friend to come over and hear you sing, you know, you might be like, mm, maybe, you know, you kind of, like, start lacking that confidence because somebody else is there kind of similar
0: to that yeah but you like I like to think of the ships you're singing in the shower and that's for you but then you know what you go to karaoke and everyone can yep. seem like a fool
1: yep exactly
0: so that's kind of how ritual you're not gonna invite just anybody to ritual you're mm-hmm. gonna invite the people that love and support you hopefully I mean, when you're in a coven setting and you're not around strangers, that's a different story. But like you're controlling this atmosphere and that's going to build your confidence because you know these people and you know what you're getting into.
1: Yeah, I think one of the other things to do is just practice different methods of doing ritual. Going back to what we said about practicing with others, I do want to mention like sometimes you can't control the narrative completely. So if you're let's say doing ritual as part of a cups group or something like an open pagan ritual, you might have never met some of the people that are there. This might be their very first pagan experience just in general, um, or witchcraft experience, whatever your, you know, way that you're doing this, uh, is going, but yeah, I would say try out different methods to see what's comfortable and, you know, see what's the most effective for yourself. And you know, you got to know your strengths and weaknesses. And if you have something that you find a weakness when you are, you know, building this virtual confidence, let's say for you, it's really hard to say the quarter calls. Let's say it's hard to do the quarter calls or the circle casting or whatever, saying that out loud. You know, ask yourself, why is that a challenge? Is it because you know you're scared somebody will hear you? But like, what if no one's home? Is it because you know, saying it out loud makes it real. Like, you know, ask yourself, why do you have these fears or struggles and see what you can do to work on that or work around it or find alternatives.
0: Um, I like to also like take into account, like when you're doing stuff in a group, there's always going to be that person that knows more. And there's (laughs) always like this, not power differential, but this knowledge differential of like what they know as opposed to what you know. And you kind of, like, psych yourself out, like, with these kinds of people because you're like, oh, well, they know more than me, so they probably know better, so I'm going to be judged because they know better. And I like to tell people, nine times out of ten, you have that in your head, and that's totally not the case. I say that because there are, I call them armchair occultists out there mm-hmm. that know a lot of stuff, but they don't do a lot of rituals. The
1: armchair witches, I've definitely talked about that on this podcast before. Yes. <laughs> so,
0: like, I always, I always love to tell the story of how... I this is before I was in a part of any tradition and I was going to this pagan way um, back in the day, like what in the early 2000s, uh, there was this one person, they will remain nameless, who knew all this stuff. And I thought they were amazing and I thought they were so knowledgeable. And, you know, then it came time for us to have ritual. And I had a ritual with this group before. So I kind of knew like what the quarter call- calls were. So I did them um like half of them and they wanted the other person to do like their the other half and I was like okay cool this person's gonna do it amazingly whoa I was totally aghast with the fact that this person was kind of a mess when they were doing it and I was just like really I was like but they know so much like oh my god so you kind of like put these people on a pedestal and they really don't have to be there when they're on the same level like same level as you they just don't have more ritual competence than you do so don't think because someone knows something more that they're going to be better at you at it not that it's a competition but you kind of put yourself there because you're like oh i'm never going to be that but you know what you're probably already there and you just don't know it
1: yeah i mean as alex said you know i think it's really important to not compare yourself to others i think that your personal journey is your own uh you know, you don't know what people went through to get to the spot that they're in to be able to perform in a group ritual and take that role. Because that's the leadership role. But, you know, as you said, like, sometimes people may know a lot of shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to actually performing, like, people get anxiety over it. You know, they get hang-ups. There's self-doubt. And you can know all the things in the world. But having that ritual confidence is a skill that is really valuable to you. You know, it's hard to show people what you know, if you're leading a group, if you don't have ritual confidence. And so, yeah, it's a very important skill to take on. I think there's a lot of things you could do to build this. Starting small, it's the first thing, you know, like practice on your own, practice with other people. Sometimes just saying spells out loud, you know, has a big, big, big difference um, in how you feel when you're in circle. I know the first couple times I did it, I felt fucking dumb as hell. I was like, I'm just out here speaking to myself. I like, can mm-hmm. just, the cats and I in the in the apartment and, you know, I'm out here saying some shit. And um, after a while, though, it's like it becomes second nature and you don't even really question it. And so then when I am in group settings, I, I I don't mind saying certain, you know, chants or whatever out loud because I'm so used to it. And, you know, I have that confidence behind my words. And that really, you know, gets you pretty far in this
0: yeah it's like you know like you made it when you're you're doing all this stuff and you're saying all these things like if you like maybe record yourself when you first start and then like go back five years later and then you record yourself again you'll notice like the tone in your voice and like the way you orate whatever you're saying and it sounds more whimsical and more like authoritative because you're not like trying to rush through it and be like (laughs) and you're like oh, wow, I'm taking my time to say this. And I mean what I say because now I have that in my mind and I know what I'm doing and I visualize what's coming. But when you're in the beginning, you're like, okay, if I say this, it's just going to happen.
1: Yeah, you know, when I was in Outer Court, we had an assignment to run a ritual and I felt totally confident in doing this ritual. I had everything down pat. I had everything memorized. Not because of this ritual. I just had, after a while, I just knew everything for our circle. And was totally ready to go, felt super confident, and then, at least I thought I did, and then at the last minute, right when I would go cast the circle, I had somebody say something to me that threw me off. And so I ended up, like, you know, trying to rush through everything, and I was second-guessing myself because... I had built that ritual confidence for myself, but being in a group setting was not the type of confidence that I had. And my high priestess definitely had some words with me about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, And it was uncomfortable and I was like nervous and I had anxiety over it. But like, I'll tell you what, I'm a much better ritualist now than I, I was. I remember some of the very first group rituals I did with people in my outer court, uh, not even at outer court, like just us hanging out at my house drinking wine. And I was like, let's do a circle, you know? Mm-hmm. And the way I call the quarters was like, it's embarrassing when I think back on it because I was so scared to do it. So scared to, because I'm ad-libbing it. I don't really know what I'm doing. And the fact that I have now spent a couple years saying these things out loud in front of other people, now I feel in a much better position to have that confidence of doing this. And don't get me wrong, like there's definitely still days I'm not at my absolute peak there's days where i'm like you know what i'm like oh, i'm a little nervous to do this and like i think that's completely normal and you know we're just we're only human <laughs> like <laughs> nobody is perfect 100 percent of the time except maybe alex but <laughs> <laughs> but um i'm trying to say like don't beat yourself up if this takes some time or you have a bad day or like you have one setback it happens I would say just start small. And, you know, if you do have somebody in your life who, let's say you get to experience group rituals with and you know somebody who's a great ritualist you know, you can always go up to them and ask them for pointers of like, hey, I really like how you cast the circle, or I really like what you did, or like, I like the energy I felt when you said this part of ritual. Could you show me how you did that? Or what were you thinking when you did that? Or like, what was going on? Um, What can I do? Or like, can you give me, you know, some help with this? And nine times out of 10, people are happy to give you pointers.
0: Yeah. And like, listen, shit happens during ritual. Like, I remember when I was, like, confident in doing ritual. Even like, I've, I have all this confidence and everything. I remember doing the ritual, and I went to call the quarter, and all of a sudden, I smelled something smoking, and my fucking robe kind of like caught on fire. Love that. And then I went to go put it out, and then my high priestess went to go put it out. But she has, you don't understand, like this high priestess I had had big curly hair she went to bend down and oh, her hair no. caught on the fucking like altar candle and like it caught on fire like talk about a disaster <laughs> it was the funniest fucking thing ever but like I always remember that because you could just totally be on your game and shit like that happens and you just kind of have to laugh about it
1: oh my god that's <laughs> 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 oh gosh that's a. Uh... Oh, that, that, that's a lot. <laughs> I'm always scared I'm going to catch my hair on fire in Ritual, to be honest with you. um, you know, Okay, so one other thing you could do to build ritual confidence, and this is something um, Alex and I were talking about yesterday, was just enhancing the personal knowledge of your craft.
0: Definitely. Like, just because you know how to do ritual on your own, always try to enhance and learn as much information you can out of the craft. Because Nine times out of ten, you may love the ritual that you have, but you can always add to it. But you can also take away with what you got. Because the more you start studying and the more you start getting more information, there are things that you want to add to the ritual and include. And you are free to do that. It's not like, you know, for us, like we're traditionally trained and we have like a set bill of teachings. You have the privilege to add to your rituals and take away what you want and that really personalizes your craft and what you're doing but that also adds to your confidence because now you kind of have your own thing and you know how you do your thing and you're like i built this from the ground up and i'm confident in what i'm doing
1: do you think that people should fake it till they make it
0: definitely i've definitely done that on multiple occasions (laughs) like i was like listen if i get this if i can memorize this it's gonna happen like i'm totally gonna do it and like Nine times out of ten, when you first start, you like people profess this amazing feeling. Like, oh, I felt the energy and the goddess spoke to me. I think you're full of shit. Well, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Nine times out of ten, you're gonna do ritual for the first time. You're like, I didn't feel anything. Yeah, you, I mean, that it it's happens just, for
1: a while. Sometimes. Yeah, it's
0: realistic and it's okay. That's okay. That feeling comes with time, mm-hmm. and also what comes with it is ritual confidence.
1: Yeah. So one thing I want to mention for people when they are engaging in this is if you are going to try to fake it till you make it, let's say you're trying to work with an element or do an invoking pentagram or something or saying something at a quarter, being louder doesn't always mean (laughs) that, (laughs) that you are more confident. If you are shouting at the quarter, just to build your confidence, that doesn't always necessarily have the same effect as just taking a deep breath and really standing your ground and saying it with a, a softer voice. I just mentioned that because I remember at first I was like, okay, well, maybe if I'm really loud saying these things at the quarter, when I was building my confidence, my high priestess won't ask me to do this again, because like, I definitely sound confident. And she was just like, LOL, that's funny for you. Um, don't and you know, it's like, you're not, you don't want to shout
0: at the spirit.
1: <laughs> that doesn't make you sound more confident if you're like shouting in anxiety. So I just want to add that note because I have done that myself and have learned that that is not the best way to fake it till I make it. Yeah, just want to yeah, add, I mean, add that nugget have
0: I've definitely like been in ritual where people like shout their stuff out and I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's really loud. And I've also been <laughs> in rituals where people are not like that and they, they speak to the gods or the quarters or the blessings in a normal like toned voice and it's just as powerful it's Mm -hmm. just a matter of who that person is and who they are as a ritualist it doesn't have to be loud all the time so
1: yeah i I think commanding your space like taking ownership of your space and like yeah this is my circle i am calling this element in and just having that confidence that one it's happening and Mm -hmm. two you're being an authoritative figure in your space, even if you are working with a deity, like you are still being an authoritative figure. That is incredibly important to do. And as we've we've been saying, that comes with time and practice.
0: Yeah. I mean, and also having all this ritual confidence or, you know, getting it. Remember that if you change a space that you work in, that virtual conference may go out the window because you're like wait i'm a little disoriented this is not the space mm-hmm. that i normally like do ritual in. Yep. so you're like so be mindful of that location is also a thing like not just the words and the material you're using but where you're doing it at if you're doing it in like let's say downtown new york city with all these people watching that you're not used to like you're like oh i'm a little disoriented as opposed to you doing it in your room yeah. So be mindful of that as well.
1: You know, I also want to just add that vulnerability is necessary at times. It's witchcraft. You're opening yourself up. You are letting yourself feel spirits and emotions and whatever you're working with. This is part of the uncomfortability in the craft that people talk about. And uh, yeah, it could be a little scary and it could be a little nerve wracking and anxiety producing. But most of the people that have or have been involved in this have gone through this. Mm-hmm. And um, just know you're not alone in these feelings. I would say the majority of the occultists you're going to talk to have experienced some sort of time trying to build their ritual of confidence. This, this is a very normal thing. I actually don't really ever see this talked about in, like, books and stuff. You would think a lot of these books would mention that. It's,
0: it's, it's not because a lot of people have an ego. That's just the way it is. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but also, like, we also have to, like, face facts. Like, what we do is weird. Like, it yep, is. Yep. It is. Like, we're, we're, we're
1: the weird co-workers. Yes, yes. Isn't like, that, I, I, like, <laughs> I had that realization earlier today. I was like, oh, no, I am the weird co-worker.
0: Like, we're literally sitting here talking to spirits that don't appear in material form. Like, we're doing something that's not of the norm. So, like, there's vulnerability with that. But, like, also, people that are show up for that kind of thing, they're also weird. Mm-hmm. So we also have to take that to account. So they may laugh and giggle us, but no, you're here too, bitch, so you're fucking weird too. <laughs> So, like, that's what I keep in my head when I'm, like, doing stuff in front of people. I'm like, you're weird, too. So, I don't have a problem with this. We
1: are the weirdos, mister. yes. (laughs) All right. So, let's talk a little bit about how you can build ritual confidence if you're in the broom closet. Because some of the things we talked about earlier might not be so feasible. So, I would say, obviously, the first one, if you cannot do this at home, don't do this at home.
0: Yeah, like... I mean, I don't know other people's like issues where they're at home, like if you're younger and you live at home with parents who do, are not so approving of your, your religion or what you believe in, um, best thing to do is not do it at home. Do it outside in the forest or outside that's private or something like that. It's easier and you don't have to deal with the backlash from parents. Um, But also maybe get a friend involved. Maybe their parents are more accommodating and go ritual with them. (laughs) Little things like that. But even if that's the case and you have nothing, you could just sit in your room when everyone's asleep and like do a little something, not like a big thing, but something small.
1: Yeah. You can start off saying it in your mind and moving to whispers than out loud you know if you're in a situation where maybe you can't say things out loud or can't whisper it in the space let's say you have a shared room with somebody or whatever it is when you take a shower maybe just try something there like talk to your spirits or deities or whoever it is or try to you know connect with whatever element it is whatever you're doing do it in the shower you know whisper it there people are hopefully not able to hear you there's always like some little places people could do this and it's not gonna always be the most romanticized locations <laughs> you know
0: like i my my ex um sweet 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 guy he had he had to be in the broom closet when he was in high school so what he used to do is he had his little altar in his car mm-hmm. and he had these like little statues that he had like of mary and like of buddha on his like oh. dashboard he's like that's a god and the goddess i used to tell my my parents that like that not that but like that you know oh it's just nothing it's just what i have on my dashboard and he's like that's what i use as the gods and then like he had these little like i guess they were like bowls and like he would put it on the dashboard (laughs) when he was doing something in the car i was like that's so weird but this is what he had gotta do what you gotta do yeah but you know also he's an amazing ritualist but like this is the stuff he used to do long before like anything else and I mean, I could tell a ton of stories that I used to do, but that was the one thing that stood out to me. I was like, wow, that's some real undercover shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Everybody starts out somewhere. We all mm-hmm. start out new with this mm-hmm. at one point of our lives, whether that's maybe you grew up in a pagan family and you've been doing this your whole life, or maybe you're in your 60s just getting into this for the very first time. You know, we all start out someplace and um, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, You can also just build a routine of... Do some sort of meditation thing. You know, a lot of people won't question if you're doing meditation. I do know there are some people in the Bible Belt that do not like meditation. They think it's of the devil. So you could just say that you are praying, but visually it could look like a very similar action.
0: Or you could just be like, I'm resting my eyes.
1: Yeah, like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a nap. Exactly. Yes. Meditation doesn't have to look like you sitting on the floor with your legs crossed. You could be laying in bed. You could be sitting in your car. You could do a walking meditation. Hopefully not into traffic or anything, <laughs> or like getting lost in the woods. But you know, walking around like a trail. If you mm-hmm. have like a little walking area near your home, like around a lake or something like that, where you just, you could just zone out, listen to maybe like a guided path working or whatever. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of different things you could do. Okay, so now that we've talked about ritual confidence We are going to talk about ritual structure We're going to take a quick break And when we come back, we are going to get right back into it So stay tuned
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time
1: No, Lucky Land Casino With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry yes ma'am it is very
0: important tying into ritual confidence getting that confidence is important but also having a ritual structure to have there is important as well because if you know what's coming up you know what you have down you know what you're gonna do and you have that outlined that is like the other half of the puzzle you know what you're gonna do and you know what's coming up so when you have to do ritual you're doing the things and you're not having to like oh my God, I don't know how I was supposed to do this. Oh, wait, is this supposed to come first or this is supposed to come last? Like you have everything like numbered in your mind of what you're doing and how you're doing it.
1: Yeah, I would say also building a ritual structure or framework and sorry if you guys are hearing the background noise. (laughs) We're (laughs) actually recording this episode in person together, which is totally fun. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah, having a ritual structure, it, it makes it a little bit easier to have a backbone per se if you're working with other people especially if the person you're working with is very new to this or they follow a different path than you. Being able to have this ritual structure, makes it easy to let them know exactly what's going to happen. Generally, I would recommend for people before they go into any circle, if you're leading something, just let the people know what you're planning to do. So people know, even if they're not getting actively involved, they can still have in the back of their mind of like, okay, we're going to do this, 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 and this. And like, I know at this part, I stand at this part. I turn at this part. I sit down at this part. I chill. And then at this part I'm doing that. And then that, that goes a really long way because then you're not in the zone and ritual having to be like, oh shoot, I didn't give stage directions to the people I'm working with. And virtual theater is definitely a thing. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: definitely is. So when you're doing ritual for yourself, like you kind of, you know, you're only impressing yourself. But when you're doing with other people, granted, you're not there to impress them. They're there for ritual and it's supposed to be solemn and religious. But you kind of have to put on a little show. You got to give them the goods. (laughs) So you want to be confident. That's where ritual confidence comes in. Like you want to give them some nuance. You want to give them a little of this. But in order to get there for that, you need to have some kind of structure in place. That you know that you're going to do this and you know that, hey, they might like this. I'm going to add this into the ritual Mm -hmm. and I'm going to put it here on this step right here.
1: Yeah. And I want to make it really clear and this should be pretty obvious, but when we're saying ritual theater and you want to give people a show, it's not that we're telling you to like implant experiences that people are going to have or make up something or, you know, have a, have some special effects going on. Like not, not like that, but more of think of things you could do to get the people that you're in circle with engaged and to have some sort of reaction from the ritual, whether that's emotionally or what have you, um, You know, people like that. They're in ritual to feel something Mm -hmm. and, you know, making sure that you do something in that ritual to incorporate the people that are there, whether they have an active role or they're just standing there, you know, helping contribute to the energy. It makes people feel good and it makes them want to come back for ritual. And that helps make them think like, wow, I really enjoyed how this person did this, how they incorporated us in it. And it wasn't just me watching them do ritual and I'm just standing there and they're doing everything by themselves. And I just watched them put on a show for us. Mm hmm
0: having interaction like everyone interacting with the ritual is important like i always think of like catholic mass like how boring it was oh my god so boring yeah like you're sitting there oh you kneel at this part and then you know sometimes they don't give you context that's another thing about like letting people know stuff Mm -hmm. some people have never been to a catholic mass and you could clearly tell when you go because like they're standing when everyone's kneeling and then like there's certain hymns that no one knows and like they're just there and it's just boring and like you don't do anything so your mind just wanders us as humans like we're not meant to just stay still for a long period of time like that's just not a thing so kind of like giving people things to do adds to the ritual Mm -hmm.
1: and honestly like the smallest thing goes really far Mm -hmm. you know you don't have to be giving people speaking roles or like telling them to draw a pentagram but just little things like everybody grab a piece of paper off the altar or you're, you're gonna write something down and throw it into a fire or i'm gonna walk around the bowl of water you're gonna dip your hand in and sprinkle yourself like even things like that like the tiniest things that you could do to get people involved in ritual people love that
0: yeah i remember i went to this ritual um this was years ago and this little kid of course you know little kids like their hearts keep their attention and the priestess was like okay obviously she she was a mom so she like kind of knew like how to handle mm-hmm. a child she's like okay I'm gonna give you a bell and every time I say lady you're gonna ring it and they're like oh my god so like you best believe that little kid was like on their game was like like it was a game of ringing the bell like those <laughs> bells were ringing every time she said lady this lady that and it was like boom it's great
1: yeah so what would you say about people who go into ritual unplanned
0: uh, as a person that has done it it's kind of a disaster However, I will preface this. If you have experience, years of being in ritual, you kind of know how things go and you can go into ritual unplanned. It's also easier if like we're talking here as traditional witches, I say that in quotes. Yep,
1: he's making the the air quotes, I promise you. The air
0: quotes. And we have kind of like a standard structure of how we do things. Like we already know the things to say. So we could do that with no problem. But someone just starting out, they're not going to have that.
1: Yeah, because they're still building up with their structure Yeah, they don't know
0: what they're... They they don't know what they're supposed to do. Like, if that's the case, you're just going to stand there and be like, uh... But you should have something in place that you've done before. And you've done a ton of times. Like, or something. And if you go unplanned, if you've had years of experience, it's very easy to do that. But if you have no experience and you just do, like, do, like, nothing, you've never done anything in before... It's kind of hard to do that. And you kind of psych yourself out of it. And that confidence that you're trying to build is not going to get built. You're going to be like, oh, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this anymore.
1: I would say, I, I don't know if I agree with needing absolute years for it, but, you know, mm. as long as you're you're a regular practicer or you've yeah. been doing it for a bit. Um, I also want to say there's uh, that having a ritual structure doesn't mean that you are being super type A and planning out every single mm. thing for your ritual. Having a ritual structure means, okay, I know we're going to incorporate these things into the ritual. And then while you're in the ritual, doing those things and letting those unexpected moments or energies or experiences happen. Having a ritual structure doesn't prevent that at mm-hmm. all. We, we, as witches, want to experience these unexpected things because that's kind of when you're like, yeah, this shit's really real. (laughs) You know, like when (laughs) when things go like things happen, you're just like, uh, I didn't know that was going to happen. Or like, did you guys see that or did you feel that or like that's
0: when the UPG starts? Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What is UPG for people who don't know?
0: Unverified personal gnosis. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? That means like you had a personal experience with, let's say, a god. That you can't verify, there's no historical fact behind it, but you just know the feeling that you've had Mm -hmm. and that's it. It's your personal gnosis, but it can't be verified. But you got to tell people that because it automatically comes back to some people.
1: Exactly. Yep. Let's talk about a basic ritual structure of what people can do if you're listening. If you are thinking like, what the hell, (laughs) what, what are they talking about? Like, Mm -hmm. what is ritual structure? The very first thing you're going to want to do is figure out what is your ritual for?
0: Yeah, like what is it? Are you celebrating the moon? Are you celebrating a Sabbath? Are you
1: doing a moon? Are you doing a a spell? Are you trying to curse somebody? Are you trying to do some sort of meditation? You know, what do you want to do this ritual for? And if you want to do a ritual but you don't have an idea of what it is, sometimes just writing out a ritual structure can kind of generate some ideas Mm -hmm. in your mind. You don't need to do spell every time you cast a circle (laughs) you could just sometimes cast a circle just to sit there with the feeling of being in circle especially if you struggle with energy sometimes that's actually pretty helpful yeah
0: i mean there's loads of times where i decided hey you know what i'm not doing anything today i want to do magic but Mm -hmm. i don't have any magic to do i was like i just want to sit in circle so i'll cast circle and just sit there and just relax with it like and just give thanks to the gods and that was enough
1: I've definitely done that before myself. Sometimes you just have those days where you're like, you know what? I just want to chill in the world between the worlds. Like, I just need some, some me time to reset myself. Mm-hmm.
0: I just want to do witch shit. Like, that's all the reason you really need. You don't need to do an Esbit. You don't need to do a sabbat. You just want to like do something and that's okay.
1: I just want to do witch shit. I need to put that on like a shirt or something. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. So once you figure out what you want to do, you want to start establishing a script of what's going to happen. What do you want to have in circle and gather your supplies for this. So, oh, and also set everything up in advance. So let's say you're doing a spell, make sure you get all your ingredients together, set it all up. Um, I mean, if you want some people as part of their ritual might be setting up the altar, uh, for me or, I don't know, for me, that might be more of a ritual trigger. I generally like doing things before ritual starts because I have definitely been that person who's had to cut out because I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot, like, this very Im- important, vital thing that, like, how could I possibly forget this? But here I am halfway through a circle, like, oh, shit, I forgot this. I got to fucking, I got to cut out now, and that sucks because then you're kind of, like, not losing a little bit of yourself. Like, you should hopefully stay in that mindset. But, like, listen, if you are in knee-deep in a ritual and something like you you forgot it, it it does take you out a little bit it yes. happens
0: and my people know and they know who they are that if they come early to my house they're gonna see me with a mop and a sponge a cleaning bucket and every, a mop a bucket and a mop <laughs> like cleaning everything yes and a like, lot of cleaning like they and they know they're gonna smell bleach when they come into the bathroom because i'm cleaning the bathroom too because like people come into my house i want to look like it it's messy or it smells So that's, I literally do that. That's literally my ritual prep.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, if you're one of those people that you don't have a separate circle space, let's say you are using a corner of your bedroom or your living room or your garage, whatever. I am of the personal opinion that... If, let's say I'm, I don't have a garage, but let's say theoretically I had one and that's like the only place I could do a circle. I'd probably take my car out of it. <laughs> but also, you know, if I have random shit lying around, like a paint can and shovels and brooms and just in random spots, I'm probably going to want to kind of clean it up a little bit um, for two reasons. One, if I'm in the middle of a ritual, I don't want to look over and see a bucket and a mop like Alex has, <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of want to... Act as if I'm not in that space and seeing, you know, random car parts or paint cans is going to, you know, kind of ground me a little bit. The second thing is that if I'm working with a spirit or a deity or what have you, I'm really of the mindset that I like having a clean space for them uh, to invite them in. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be bringing them into a disaster Um, I do want to say that I know everybody, not everybody listening might have the ability to have that for whatever reason or whatever situation you may be in. But, you know, if let's say you're in a space where you can't control your external environment to the best of your ability, I would recommend. And if you can't do this, that's okay too. You know, you, you come to the gods as you are if, Mm -hmm. if you work with the gods and, you know, they accept you for that. So, you know, no, no hate or anything like that. But if you have the ability, I'm of the mindset that I think showering beforehand is really important. Making Mm -hmm. Sure, you are clean. Your space is as clean as you can possibly get it. I'm not saying you need to like, you know, sanitize your entire house, but I'm saying, you know, listen, if you're doing ritual in your bed, or maybe make your bed, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, like pick some shirts off the floor, and like, if you have time, maybe vacuum. If you don't have time, it is what it is, you know. But that's just how I like doing things, Um, and that that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, like, not that you're dirty or that you need to cleanse yourself because you're a dirty human individual or spirit more so like get yourself prepared mentally that you're going to be doing this thing because not for nothing we are people that live crazy lives no matter what you do and there's always going to be something in the back of your head be like damn it i gotta pay that bill or hey i gotta take the kids to school tomorrow this morning and i'm doing this thing get that out of your head yeah that's part of that whole cleansing yourself like get your mind into ritual mindset of what you're gonna do and that starts with cleansing
1: yourself and gets you into that space and cleansing your space yes you know if you're gonna go visit your great-grandmother you know you would hopefully not do that directly after you went to the gym and forgot to shower or something Mm -hmm. you would hopefully you know put on some nice clean clothes take a shower brush your hair brush your teeth and then go visit your grandma your grandma's gonna love you either way hopefully um (laughs) like
0: you don't want to kill her from the smell from going (laughs) to the gym
1: yeah your grandma your 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 ancestors gonna love you either way you know, hopefully if you have that type of relationship, um, you know, whether you are stinky or not, but you know, they're probably going to appreciate if you come, you know, freshly dressed and, and clean. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you made your bed, you know, I don't know. I have a Hispanic house. If I have one spoon in the sink, my mom's like, your house is a disaster. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. Okay. So you've engaged in your script of what you want to happen. You have set up your space Um, This could be part of this, but engage in any ritual triggers that you have for some people that is doing like what Alex and I are talking about, you know, cleansing yourself, maybe putting on some sort of fancy perfume or anointing oil. Maybe it's wearing a certain piece of jewelry or a certain type of clothing or no clothing or whatever it is. Maybe that's walking outside barefoot or just being in the grass for a couple minutes before you start circle. Engage in those triggers. I think that's really important. If you don't have any triggers, establish them. It's not like you have to find magically or like randomly what I don't know what my trigger is like mm. make your trigger
0: yeah for me it's it's really easy smells are a thing for me I love smells for better or worse but for me I light incense right before I clean so I know that like oh the people are coming we're going to do the things so like once that gets into my brain like I'm in the zone and I was like okay this is why I'm doing this for and like blah, blah 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 and I'll just get be in that mindset because of the smell and there's mm-hmm. one specific incense that I use for it and that automatically takes me there and that's my trigger
1: yeah i use uh generally some of the same incense every time um there's certain oil that i use that i only put on that i bought at like one of my local occult shops uh that i really love it smells like witchcraft there are certain necklaces or jewelry or whatever that i might only wear during a certain time that helps me in the trigger i have a playlist i could play Uh, it's not to say that i use all of these things together all of the time but you know sometimes it's just easy to to have Mm -hmm. that so once you engage in your ritual triggers depending on your script here are some things that you may want to incorporate into your ritual so the first you might want to cast a circle
0: yes or define the space if circle is not a thing that you do like the boundary where where are you not allowed to walk where are you allowed to walk i mean that's that's pretty fair for anyone involved like you know where the sort, like, where your
1: area lies yep. within
0: that ritual. Because if everything's a free-for-all, you're not going to really contain what, what you're doing. Exactly. And for those of you, I don't know, depending on your practice, calling the quarters or any deity or spirits you wish to work with. For the most part, most people do this, but not necessarily a must. There's usually blessing and consecrating the elements, earth, air, fire, and water. If, you know, you work with more... Western occultism. They don't have to necessarily be those elements. They could be representing something on your altar that say, "Hey, a feather, this is for air. if you don't you're not allowed to have those things, especially if you're in a dorm. But whatever works for you and you want to do, it it doesn't have to be like something complicated. But then you think about what are you gonna do while you're in the ritual, whether it's work or you know, do you want to just do witchy shit? <laughs> like I said before. That could be meditating, engaging in divination with your tarot cards, or... Scrying. Yes, or giving thanks or gratitude to the gods. Yeah, we were talking about doing that. Yeah. I've definitely done that. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just an example. Do you have any, Ashley?
1: Another thing you could do would be to just be in that space and feel the energy. That's mm-hmm. something I mentioned earlier. Um, if you struggle with feeling energy, cast a circle a bunch of times. Just keep doing it. And maybe not like two in a day, but like <laughs> maybe like once or twice a week and or whatever. Whatever free time you have and just be in that space and see what it feels like. Do you have any differences in yourself or how you interpret things when you're in that space? Is there any degree of difference at all? That can be really important. You can give offerings to your deeds at, at this time like you had mentioned another thing you could do this is kind of going with the giving offerings but you could bless some i don't know some cookies or something and be like this is for the gods i'm um leaving this here for you. I'm gonna eat one too because I Mm. bought them. But (laughs) figure out what you want to do in circle. So as we mentioned, cast a circle or call the quarters or any deities or spirits you're working with. Bless and consecrate the elements. Figure out what you want to represent the elements. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't even have to be a physical thing that's so closely related. For water, you can have a, a, a blue marble. You can draw... A drop of water on a piece of paper you could draw a little fire on a piece of paper whatever you can do to connect yourself is going to be more important than the actual physical thing itself especially if you're in situations where it's not easy to get certain items all right so after you do all that most people will move into some work that they're doing. This is what we mentioned about the meditation, divination, thinking the gods are being there. And then once you kind of do your work, I would say the, the best thing to do for the ritual structure would probably be to close a circle. If you cast a circle, mm-hmm. you can either do that by kind of just making an announcement like, all right, the circle's closed. <laughs> or you could say something, or you could do something like redrawing the circle, going the opposite way that you went, going Wittershins instead of Diacil, if that's the direction you want to go. Diacil is clockwise and Wittershins is counterclockwise for those who don't know. Um, most people like going Deasil if you are casting a circle and what if you are uncasting a circle or, <laughs> or wanting to undo something. And yeah, I mean, also make sure if you're calling any deities in that you say goodbye to them. Dismiss them. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes to be like, okay, we want you to be here and then you just leave. And then you're like, oh, okay. You never said goodbye. See ya. Yeah, if you,
0: you start it, you got to finish it. You don't want
1: to Irish goodbye the gods. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, it's not like they're going to sit around and be like, you didn't say goodbye. So I'm here forever. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, that. then I can't speak for the gods, but you want to be polite.
0: It's <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, while you're still here, do you like Nestle Tohas? Cause that's what I gave you as an offer. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: If you engage in any spell work, make sure that if you have any leftover ingredients, dispose of it in the way that is best. Think about the environment. Maybe don't throw really heavily diluted salt and water onto a a fresh plant. That's probably not a good idea. The Mm -hmm. plant will probably die. Maybe don't do that. If that means flushing it down the toilet or putting in your trash can, like it is what it is. Mm -hmm. If it's an offering to a deity or spirit or whatever, you could ask them. Like, how do you want me to dispose of this? You want me to eat it? Like. me to eat it do you want me to like do something with it and hopefully they say something reasonable and you know if a deity tells you some like unreasonable ass shit like yeah you got to get on a train at like this hour and then throw it out the window you could be like listen that's not happening <laughs> yeah so make sure I you- mean,
0: yeah this is again like for those of you practicing at home on your own like there's try to do it in a very em- environmental way like i know some traditions especially Think uh traditions that are not witchcraft in origin have specific ways they get rid of offerings. But be mindful of the environment because I mean you don't want to litter nature.
1: Nope. Cool. Well, that's a little bit about ritual structure and confidence. Do you have anything you would like to add, Alex?
0: I do not.
1: Okay, well, you're going to hate my next question then. Sure. Everybody who comes on the podcast, I ask them, what's one piece of advice you can give to a beginner? It it doesn't have to be related to what we talked about. What would you say?
0: One piece of advice I can give to a beginner is everyone started somewhere. And for someone that gives you shit for being a beginner, tell them to kiss your ass.
1: Thank you. Don't be an asshole. Don't be an (laughs)
0: asshole. (laughs) <laughs> tell that's the best advice don't be an asshole because you know what they were there once and nine times out of ten if you persevere you're probably gonna know more than that person in probably like a month so oh. yeah because a lot of people like oh. to say that they know more guess what they don't
1: you know ego is definitely a thing mm-hmm. in the craft and uh sometimes people just need to be reminded of being grounded <laughs> yeah
0: because you're never gonna learn everything you're not gonna know everything nope never ever ever So remember that you're always learning.
1: Yeah. And sometimes some people excel in certain areas, which is not. So if there are certain topics that you don't know a lot about, don't feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. If you want to learn more about it, take the time to read up about it, study it, whatever. But if you find it's not for you, don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all righty well thank you alex for coming on and doing an in-person recording with me this is so exciting i bet I you the know. background noise has been great during this yeah my chair has been squeaking cars have been going by mm-hmm. was drinking my 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 starbucks was it
0: your ritual confidence that got you this interview? Uh, uh-huh mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you have any social media information you'd like to share if people want to get in contact with you uh
0: i am not on twitter I am on Instagram as Alex Smoker 158 but I am a lurker. I do not post anything. You can follow me, but you're not going to see much.
1: <laughs> but he'll look at you.
0: Yes. He's always um, watching. Yes. And that's pretty much it.
1: Well, if you are interested in finding me, you can find me on Twitter at at Seek Witchcraft. Instagram is at Seeking Witchcraft. I have a lot of spam accounts. It's just at Seeking Witchcraft. I also have at Seek Witchcraft on Instagram, but it's just a backup account. Outside of that, I am on Facebook. I have a meme-like page called Seeking Witchcraft Podcast. We also have a Facebook group for those who listen to the show and want to ask questions or share memes or just thoughts throughout their day called Witches Seeking Witchcraft. If you are interested in supporting the show, you could do so via Patreon, and we have a Patreon associated Discord where we do things like book clubs, where Alex is always a special guest and always. I know
0: I show up yeah. and say some crazy shit, and it's either loved or hated. Yep,
1: <laughs> exactly. So uh, you will find Alex on Discord. Mm-hmm. Actually, the Discord associated with the Patreon. True. He he does come to these book clubs. Always has something to say. say mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alrighty, well that's how you can find me. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on this show. No problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> thank you for having the confidence to, to I know. do this. <laughs> Alrighty, well, thanks guys for listening and we will talk to or I will talk to you again very soon. Alrighty. Bye. Bye.